0: Hey guys, and welcome to the Footy Fans Podcast, two-man edition with Andrew and Santo. Joe is a little under the weather, so we're Mm going to take over the reins and try and fill in for him. Santo, how's it going today?
1: Pretty good. Uh, We're doing Zoom edition right here to protect from any sickness. Uh, Stumpy has COVID, so we're trying to protect from him. And then if we have it, we're trying to protect from you. So Appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah, just, uh, you know, still trying to be as cautious as we can. Um, it, it's honestly, like we talked about, we, me and Joe talked about this at length where, you know, when we were in COVID, it was like, that was just everyone's life is COVID. And then, you know, we've slowly, you know, gotten to where like we're basically out of it, but you know, quarantine is still a thing. Yeah. And we've said how it's just going to be one of those things that's in the background. It's going to be one of those, um, sicknesses that you get it, you know, thankfully when you get it now for, I think most people now it's just pretty mild um but you still have to quarantine so it's just in the background you just hope you don't get it if you like have stuff coming up they don't want to quarantine from
0: i'm just waiting for that point where it just becomes another another cold where it's like yeah, yeah you can still kind of go and do things maybe you shouldn't see people or obviously cough on somebody if you're sick yeah but like just when you when people can finally say okay they have covid but it's not like a quarantinable yeah scenario then i'll finally be like okay like we're good now Like let's just get back to life i know everyone wants to do that it's been three years now going on three years
1: yeah.
0: So probably a ways away. Um, unfortunately. But the footy goes on. The footy goes and on. There's always there's always footy to talk about. And yeah, before we get to, you know, the fixtures and the standings and what happened during last Premier League week, the big allegations that just came up from Manchester City or of Manchester City, yep. huge news. Yeah. Hundred and five charges put forth against them from the FA, from an investigation coming from two thousand nineteen until 2018 season i oh, sorry 2009 2018 season i believe so about a nine-year period mm-hmm. they were being investigated by you know the fa for certain things which i mean every team does right mm-hmm. like it's not just they're picking on man city. It's every club gets audited every club gets looked at by the fa making sure that they're crossing the t's dot in the i's and when a club like man city you know they win nine premier league championships in that time. sorry six premier league championships in that time period when you know, Sheik Mansour and the whole Saudi group kind of took over. Yeah. Maybe they are a little under a microscope more than other clubs. Maybe. And over this nine-year period, they put this, together this whole entire portfolio against Man City. It dropped now, which I don't understand the timing now of yeah. how it just kind of came out, you know, when they're in the middle of a title hunt. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Champions League coming up and all those things and implications that come from Champions League. But it comes out now and people are looking around saying, what's going to happen? like what what are the penalties are they are they guilty are they not guilty of course they're going to appeal and they come out and said you know from the front foot we're denying everything yeah like they got ahead of it and said like this is not true or these allegations are not correct we have the proof and they're going to get their paperwork all sorted which i'm sure they already have done yeah and uh peps come out and said like no nah, this is crazy and it also is slightly before his time with the mancini days and i'll get into that yeah um, in, in a little bit but just an initial reaction like Coming from a person who works in a business kind of field and like can, you know, know the background of things in businesses mm. being looked at. Is this common practice you think to get looked at like this and for these things to kind of come out?
1: Yeah, I think for like, especially, you know, you're looking at a company the size of Etihad, um, you're always kind of being looked at to see if you're doing everything. The, the issue I've kind of seen is that, you know, for example, the, the Mancini thing where he got paid for four days work from a separate company. It's a super gray area because there's some things you can validate and some you can't. You know, it was just in Canada, I think, a few years ago, they made the rule that you can't have a a baby be a uh, be a stakeholder in a corporation because what people were doing, they'd open up a corporation, they'd have their entire family as employees of the corporation, and then pay out to their family. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, if I if I own a corp, I have a wife and two kids, um, I have to pay myself a salary to support my family, but If I put everyone in as employees of the corporation, I can pay my kids like I can pay my kids like $2,000 a month, I can pay my wife. And then everyone's making money before I even have to withdraw from taxes. And that was all allowed. But it's just a way for you to save on taxes. You know, they've now changed it where you have to be 18. And you have to show you're doing some work, but the whole like some work thing, like what's, what's that like, if my 18 year old, like, copies some, does some photocopying for me every week. And that warrants like getting paid $2,500 a month. So that's where it's the whole, the whole gray area. So when you're like, imagine you amplify that by like 10,000 to a company of Etihad. It's like, what, what are you doing? That's like, you know, it's things like that where it's not against the rules, but it's like questionable. Like, you know, does that warrant that? So Mm -hmm. I think it's always tough because you can follow the rules, but especially when you're a club. And you're in England, you're probably under the microscope a lot for, you know, what's what you're being looked at for. Um, yeah. My whole thing is, I think you have to separate the business from the results. I, I don't think, you know, whether this was happening or not happening, I don't think it really changes Man City getting the results they did over nine years. You know, well, what if they, are there players that they wouldn't have been able to bring in if they did this? Like, maybe, but do all clubs do that? Like, Probably. Mm-hmm. So I think you have to separate the business from the footy because I I don't think this really would have impacted that at in any sense, because I think, you know, maybe on some level, all teams are doing it.
0: Yeah, to an extent. Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? Because we, we always question like, you know, with financial fair play, how are some teams doing what they're doing with signing players? So mm-hmm. we don't we don't know what goes on in the background there. Right.
0: And that's the thing I was going to get into because Chelsea have obviously been accused of that this past year, yeah. of spending upwards of six hundred million U.S. dollars. And it's not the most ideal like business ethics, but there are ways that you can kind of get around like certain systems. Yeah. And there's you know there's this um you know there's there's like this little trick that you can do, or there's like this number you can fudge, but it's actually not illegal to like you know misrepresent numbers and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. Taxes aside and whatever the case is. That's why there's billionaires in the world that don't show billion dollar earnings. Yeah. It's just because, you know, you have money elsewhere or you find loopholes. And in Justin Chelsea's case in particular, one way that they're avoiding financial fair play restrictions is that they're not just putting money forward like up front. Like they're mm-hmm. gonna be paying in installments like over time. Like I believe, you know, the Enzo Fernandez deal that just happened, um, 106 million six million pounds going to Benfica. It's gonna be over like a three year period they they pay these installments. Yeah. And I think 40 million of those pounds or 40 million of those dollars are going to River Plate in Argentina as part of like a deal that they had prior, like with Benfica and River Plate. Okay. So like, it's not all the money's being dumped to Benfica. It's not like they're just dropping like a check off for 106 million pounds and calling it a day. Yeah, And I think they've kind of worked around those regulations for these signings because if they were to just drop half a billion dollars. Like you just you can't do that. Like yeah, like anyone in the world would say, okay, that's pretty unfair that you have this like huge influx of money and you can just drop this money on on anybody. Going back to the main city case, it, it was happening over year like year long periods. Mm-hmm. Because like I obviously don't know, but I feel like they didn't have like a massive transfer market every single year. Like they weren't spending yeah. like four hundred million dollars every single year from two thousand nine till twenty eighteen or whatever it was. Yeah, it was like every year they get a player for you know sixty mil, which was that big at the time. You know when they brought Robinho in, when they brought in you know De Bruyne or Adebayor back in the day, Aguero, they bought them in for pretty you know big chunks of cash. Yeah, but it was relevant to the time. Yeah, and they were obviously like new money at the time as well, like when the Etihad Group came in. Yeah, so it was somewhat suspicious. And like I said before, like it translates into six Premier League titles in that nine year gap. Like, you're going to get looked at a little yeah. suspiciously. But I mean, for their sake, hopefully they get it all sorted out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people now are looking at it saying, okay, well, if they do get found guilty, if there are penalties to be issued towards Man City, what are they going to be? Yeah. Like, can you retroactively go back and take away earnings? Can you go take away titles that they would have won or that they have won? Um, should they receive penalties now? They're facing maybe our charges of like getting relegated. Or get any points deducted now? Like (laughs) to 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 just to like say, okay, you get a slap on the wrist, like financial penalty, that would mean nothing to these guys. Yeah, unless it's in the upwards of like billions and billions of dollars. Yeah, which I don't think the FA would do. But it's just unfortunate because let's just say this current core. I mean, Sheikh Mansour's been here since the beginning, I believe. But everyone below him, and like the Pep Guardiolas and his staff and his management and new scouts and whoever it is they may not necessarily be involved in what happened during this time period. And for them to be the ones to be punished now would be somewhat unfair.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And I think I like, obviously I don't know what's going to happen. Nobody does. They're they're kind of waiting. Yeah. And I think it's, it's going to be, you know, obviously I don't see them getting like relegated or I, I don't even really maybe see like point deductions. I think it's going to be one of those things that happen behind the scenes and they just got to like deal with some like financial, financial implications. And that's really it.
0: Yeah. Well, if the FA really wants to make it like, a, like a lesson learned kind of thing, or like, you know, like have other teams watch out, it's gotta be a significant sum. Yeah. Because like for Man City to get fined, like a $15 million, 15 million pound is like,
1: yeah.
0: Like blow your nose and give it to them. That's all it is really.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we'll definitely, we'll definitely see what happens, but yeah, again, for me, it's always about like separating the the footy from these types of things. Um, you know, cause I think they would have got the players they wanted to get with Etihad there or not. I think their Etihad is probably just finding ways to optimize the money they are spending. I don't like if they had to, if they had to spend the money they wanted to in this time period, they would have spent it. It's just, they probably wanted to do it as optimally as they could And when you try and do that, you always start doing things that fall in that gray area. But obviously, you know, hopefully, in their on their side, you know, we would hope that they're doing not doing anything illegal. You hope you're trying to do everything in that gray area that's still in the legal, in the legal realm. Mm -hmm. Um, so you just hope that they're not doing anything like blatantly illegal because obviously that's not cool. But yeah, (laughs) we, you know, we that's why we just hope the clubs that we that we watch in the EPL are doing everything in like as much integrity as they can um, to optimize their clubs. Because if you're, if you try, if you don't ever dabble in the gray area, it's going to be like very hard for you. Right. You know, to to run a club and be profitable. And at the end of the day, we want the clubs to stay in and not just go under in like a business sense.
0: Yeah. Wise words in rookie bobby. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, right, Santi? <laughs> well
1: it's not cheating, it's just like doing <laughs> well we'll doing see. Like, I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean if they're if they're it doesn't cheating, look good. Yeah. It doesn't but, look good. But like, you know, I would want the clubs in the EPL to do things legally, but still like optimize their finances so they have the best chance of being competitive.
0: Yeah. Like let's get real. This isn't a Huddersfield town trying to like fudge six thousand dollars or something. It's like yeah. it's it's a lot of money that's that's yeah. being looked at here yeah for sure and uh yeah and like another part of it too is like from what has coming out part of the charges is they're just being difficult to deal with i guess the last couple years that they've been doing this investigation so they know they're being audited or investigated whatever you want to look at it so i think some of the other charges like i said there's 105 that are total against them yeah some might be more damaging than others um but the ones like that are coming out now more recently it's like impeding investigation or like not yeah. being cooperative during investigation, which again, like that's not, yeah. Unless, exactly. like, unless, like they're literally in the back room, like burning files in a filing cabinet while the FA is knocking on the door, <laughs> then like maybe they can't really be docked for that. Yeah, but it's going to be more the financial stuff and just like their dealings and their books and you know the Mancini stuff with him getting paid offhand by somebody else, like a third party associate. That's yeah. the stuff that they're gonna, you know, really take a look at. And yeah, who knows like I don't know what's gonna happen like if Mancini could he be like barred from coaching like if he does this like it's because he's not even involved anymore. He's coaching the national team, he's coaching Italy. yeah, yeah, that's true.
1: yeah yeah who uh, who knows it'll be interesting to see how it develops over the the next little bit
0: I just I just hope for everyone's sake, it kind of gets dealt with quickly because the last thing you want is to have a match a title race coming down to the wire. And at the end of May, this isn't settled yet. And then they just decide that Man City is getting docked 10 points and they lose. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, like it was like never a title race. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it would just really defeat like the, the last remaining months of the season and like the excitement, right? That's that comes yeah. with it. So again, hopefully they get it solved. Whatever the case is, if they get docked points or they don't, if it's relegation, which like would be insane, um, hopefully it just kind of gets dealt with quickly so everyone so all parties can just move on because the last thing that man city wants like i said right now is allegations to come out disrupt the flow of the team yeah you know they're coming off a tough weekend where they you know could have really um used the points and you know close that gap to arsenal they have champions league coming up in a few Mm -hmm. weeks too big arsenal tie coming up again in a couple weeks yeah in the the league so they just want to kind of say okay move on let's get out of here let's focus on what matters and that's like the actual game on the pitch not you know, the stuff getting done behind closed doors on, on paper books and all that kind of shit.
1: Yeah, no, totally agree. Um, well, no, it's a, it's a good point about the, uh, the, the city game, um, dropping points to, yeah. to Tottenham. Five points back now with a game and Arsenal having a game in hand. I mean, mm-hmm. for me now it's turning into a thing where I think it's arsenals to lose
0: yeah um, well i mean they almost did it just now i mean against everton right
1: yeah and that's you know it's always interesting when the top two both drop points in the same weekend um
0: of course that happens eh
1: yeah like you know you have you have it's your chance you can take advantage and you just you just don't right um but you know city's been struggling you know they've lost i think they've lost their last five at at, at tottenham mm-hmm. um and yeah, they just like they're just really always struggling against against Tottenham. I don't know what it is. It's like Man City struggles against Tottenham and Crystal Palace. We know that for sure. Um, so
0: that's, that's Joe's favorite favorite. Star. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's his Joe's favorite tie. Um,
0: <laughs> Palace away.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, and then Arsenal dropping points to Everton, which is you know huge win for Everton. Um, Massive. Yeah, like
0: the Sean yeah. Dyche era has begun at Everton.
1: Yeah, still in the relegation zone, but you know, sitting at 18 points. um, Yeah. Like, I, I don't know what it is with city and Tottenham. It's just one of those things, but um, I think again, uh, until we see man city arsenal play, like I'm, I'm still going to be in the same boat as how I feel with the title race. Um, You know, it is getting to be a little bit of a gap, but um, we just never know what's going to happen, especially with, at these teams got to play each other twice.
0: Yeah. And like, Arsenal playing that early game on on Saturday, I believe it was the early match. That's like, you know, let's get ahead of it. We're playing as Everton. Yes, they just made the the, the manager change, which again always adds like a little boost yeah. to player morale for the new club. Yeah. And at Goodison Park, it's always a rocking atmosphere. Yeah. So Arsenal maybe went in there maybe a little scared, maybe a bit of a trap game for Arsenal. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But like you it's that's that's just the the beauty of the EPL. It's like you just can't ever count on any team to give the result and not get the result and yeah. for Everton to come do that in front of the home crowd play that way I mean Goodison Park was just like nuts it was like the atmosphere was like mm-hmm. as if it was like a top two battle instead of where they actually were in the standings <laughs> fuller opposites yeah and uh, I mean yeah that, that was just crazy and for for them to get that win like a nice tight game to way. like it was just super close to be competitive yeah. the whole way through um it was good for them. And Tarkovsky, you know, he's kind of been through the ranks a little bit, coming up through um, I think it was on Burnley. Was he on Burnley? Or West Ham or something? Uh West. I wanna say I forget. Tarkovsky.
1: I wanna say West Ham, but that could be wrong.
0: Um it was Burnley. So it was the Sean Dyson Burnley.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, Burnley, I, knew was, yeah. I knew it was one of those claret colors. <laughs> I know,
0: like almost like purpley, like maroon. Yeah, it was a West Ham Villa or Burnley, were all in my head. Yeah, uh, no, it was Burnley. So like Sean Dyche, obviously, you know, pretty familiar with him. For yeah. him to get the goal that like in the of the first one of the Sean Dyche era, that yeah. just sets them over the top like that is just that was you know poetic. Yeah, for for that to happen, and then yeah, fast forward to the game on Sunday between City and Tottenham. City's looking to jump on this, take advantage of it, and then boom, another one nothing loss. And, I mean, De Bruyne didn't start this game, which I thought was kind of strange. I don't know if he mm-hmm. was, like, nursing an injury or something or trying to come back from one. Yeah. He just seems a bit off the last couple of weeks, like, since the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's just, like the World Cup hangover has, like, really hit him. But the city side in itself has somewhat just seemed a little bit different. And maybe it is in lieu of the allegations coming out. Maybe they knew ahead of time that something was going to drop and maybe, mm-hmm. you know, it just kind of got the players rattled or the coaching staff rattled, and it's just in in the world of any professional sport obviously it's it's ideal to tune out distractions and just focus yeah. on the game but in the world that we live in now with the social media being as big at it big as it is and the personalities of players have i mean them themselves are brands so of course they're going to like always be looking to promote themselves and get online and you know see what's like what buzz is happening around them and for them to you know get exposed to certain things see certain things happening out there in social media whether it be these allegations or just like them getting talked about, it's going to make a damaging effect on how you play with them. I mean, way anyway, you look at it like you yeah. could avoid it until you're un- until you literally like take your phone and throw it in the ocean. Yeah. It's still going to bother you. It's still going to affect you. So they just, yeah, they just seem, I don't know. I don't and know if, if, if Pep has them playing strange, I don't know. Cause they are still getting wins, like three wins in the last five. Yes. But like they're just not have, they haven't made like, the most convincing games from them, you know?
1: Yeah. And Oh, uh, me and Joe were talking about this. Like, I, I'm not sure why they went to a three-five-two in this game against Tottenham, where they had, uh, um, they had Rodri and um, oh, the young kid. I, I mean, I can't believe I don't remember his name. Um, right. Um, and, oh. which one? The little little, the 18-year-old. Um, he's playing right back. No, he's playing in the double pivot with uh, Rico Lewis. Jeez, Lewis. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um I, I said was, right,
0: I, I think I, I, I think Rico I said Rice instead of Rico.
1: Yeah, I was Rice. thinking uh, Alvarez was stuck in my head for whatever reason. Oh. Um but yeah, I don't know why. like him and him and Rodri were playing the double pivot. It wasn't really working like it felt like they had less options with both of them there. I think they, I don't know if they didn't know like where to be there. Um and yeah, I I feel like they should have just stuck to their regular three3 three that they mm-hmm. usually play and just stick to their game plan um and not um try and cater to what taught them to do too much um, I don't know if they wanted to just have more more bodies there in front of the D to maybe prevent son or Harry Kane from coming deep to pick up the ball and then like coming to attack them but um yeah I'm not sure not sure why they deviated from that I mean Holland was not getting any service you know it's for me with the player he is it's not one of those things about him um like necessarily like doing something like obviously he has performed but he is the epitome of needing service um but he'll do something with the service that you give him right. um he did like they just weren't able to like do anything and get anything in Tottenham's box which you know was was discouraging for him so just not a great game i think they couldn't really get into it uh, and tottenham just really took full advantage um so tight game one nothing one nothing win uh but shout out to harry kane for being the top scorer for tottenham ever at uh what was it 467 no two a two six two, two six seven four six seven can you imagine it was 400, uh, and,
0: 7, 417 appearances maybe you're about that
1: okay yeah no i know there's something happening um but yeah
0: that's wild yeah there's a really cool video um I forget who the original poster was of it, but it was retweeted by like Barstool's football account, like Barstool Footy. And it was like a three minute, um, like montage of like Harry Kane kind of going from like his junior ranks through Tottenham and like yeah. his first ever introduction, and everything. I think his first ever, it might have been his first ever appearance for Tottenham it was like a, it was in a five nil, it was it, they were winning five nil against somebody. It might have been FA Cup, might have been like league play, mm-hmm. and he got brought on as a substitute. Wearing number like sixty-seven or something, or sixty-three or something, <laughs> and uh, he got he got taken down in the box. I'm gonna spoil. I I'm gonna end butcher this because I forget if he scored or not. But he got taken down in the box, and they actually gave him the penalty to take. Mm. And I forget if he scored. I think he would have missed. I don't remember, but it was like his first ever appearance for Tottenham. Yeah, and he was given that opportunity again. It was a 5 0 five-nothing at that score uh, score yeah. at that point. But I thought that was kind of funny. And then like train, he's like, you know. 14 years down the road that was like 2009 when that happened to what he's doing now it's just incredible
1: yeah no it's 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 interesting because last year we were talking about like how he was underperforming how he was like gonna go to city and he just wasn't into it and you know maybe it was just that time where it was uncertain for him like he didn't know his future you know it's it's tough when you have all that stuff going in the background to really perform but To just kind of be like, all right, like he's staying at Tottenham and he just like turned like even last season, like towards the end of last season, he just like turned it back on and he was like in it. Um, I think it just like goes to show um, you know, the the professional and like the the mentality he has where, you know, if he's gonna like commit to a team, like he's gonna deliver results. But, you know, you hope to see that, you know, even at certain times you're delivering, but I think it's kind of inevitable where you know, if you might be on your way out to like really give it your all, it might be tough.
0: Yeah. And just for reference, uh, well, I just had where to go. Just for reference, Wayne Rooney scored 253 goals for Manchester United in 559 appearances. And Kane just did 267 in 417. So like 140 less appearances. It took uh, Kane to score. More goals on Rooney actually. Yeah, that's wild. Just, just in comparison from like our, our Premier League generation, I guess. Um Yeah,
1: and I think that's yeah. the goals. The goal thing, well we say the goal thing might be different because like it's it's definitely turning into like a lot more team play, I guess, than maybe in the mm-hmm. past. But yeah. Um we are seeing that still kind of be demolished by Holland. Just
0: <laughs> I know. I can't wait to see like what actually happens. Like like I don't even know like um, how many goals is this guy
1: going to he just like you know gets another hat trick and like scores two goals and like he just he just keeps putting them in
0: well the all-time man city goal scorer is sergio aguero he has 260 goals and 390 appearances yeah um, so what's haland at right now already 30 something like close to 30 yeah like first in like in like 18 games yeah or, or whatever 20 something in 18 games yeah sorry we got to... <laughs> uh oh what kind of appearance.
1: You want to come see? <laughs> you want to come see? Yeah, that's me and that's that's Uncle Andrew. Bonjour. That's Andrew. You want to come see Andrew? You want to see Andrew? <laughs> All right, you had a guest appearance and so now we get one.
0: Hey, hey Rocco. Rocco. Hi. Yeah, hi, Rocco. hi, buddy. Can you want to talk some soccer? Yeah, hi, Rocco. Hi. Hi. <laughs> He's loving it. Okay, go see him. No, go see no. him. <laughs> Love it, love it. Um, yeah. So I mean, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what Helen can really do. Uh, like you said though, like you touched on, he definitely is a guy who, like, if there if there is one slight against him, it's like his footwork and his like dribbling. I guess he's not very good. Yeah. So he, it's he's not much of a chance creator on his own. He does need support, but like you said, once he does get ball to feet around the eighteen, he's just clinical yeah when well, i not even ball the foot like ball the head ball the shoulder you know thigh whatever he just finds a way to score yeah and and just going back to this tottenham game he was kind of on lukaku island just like not getting any service like mm-hmm. he was just like he's just hanging around he was obviously making the run still he's not going to get yep. demotivated he's going to always try yeah and that's what's like really you know passionate about him even at a younger age that he is he doesn't like give up on stuff you know he just tries to work harder Mm-hmm. And to have that work ethic at this age is is huge, and yeah, he just—I mean—he can't do it all, right? He, he yeah. can't—he can't be the sole 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 goal scorer. They've been goal scorers by committee the last couple of seasons since Aguero did leave, and I guess Holland maybe has taken some pressure off other players, yeah. Which maybe isn't the most thing because then they get a little bit complacent maybe in their goal scoring abilities because we haven't seen really Gundogan put many goals so goals away, and he was a leading goal scorer a couple of years ago. Um, Foden has been in and out of the side, same kind of thing from him as well. Mm-hmm. Mahrez is like kind of been alongside Aguero or alongside Howland this year with the goal scoring, but it hasn't been like, like I said, the committee of, you know, nine goals from this guy, 11 goals from this guy, 10 goals from this guy. It's been like 20 something from Howland. Yeah. And then like three, two, two, three. Yeah. So maybe they just collectively have to, you know, try and do something else and they just can't force feed him all the time. Right.
1: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, I think uh it was just tough for them to even like create any chances. I think Tottenham did a really good job. Um uh, honestly I think Man City's biggest outlet was Grealish on the left, but even yeah. uh uh they were they were shutting him down like pretty well there. Um but that's where like any kind of threat was coming from. Uh but yeah, so needless to say, like City kind of missed opportunity there and they're still sitting five points back. Could be eight. Of Arsenal win their game in hand, uh, and they're just still trying to trying to claw back.
0: Mm-hmm. I was I'm actually so usually I'm kind of the, you know, I'm not I'm not a hater of Jack Gugler, so not not in this, in the slightest. But I always kind of look at him saying, okay, like he's not maybe as good as people think he is, or worth the price that he was worth when City picked him up. Yeah, Aston Villa a couple years ago, but he did impress me this match. He he did good, and he's there just to he, yeah. he's very good at what he does. Yeah. Like he's very good at what he's there to do, and that's to you know get in, get dirty a little bit, win a lot of fouls, draw a lot of fouls, and chance create. He's just not a goal scorer. Let's just face it. Yeah. At Aston Villa, yes, he could get away with it a little bit more because he was getting more involved, like higher up the pitch. But with Man City, yeah. they just literally need him to get the ball, carry it up the field for twenty yards, and get fouled. Or if he gain, if he doesn't get fouled, then just create a chance. They don't rely on him yeah. to score. Yeah, and for all the city fans that are giving him shit all the time for not putting the ball away, that's just not his job. That's not what he's there for.
1: And, and that's, what's really been interesting because, you know, we've seen like players like Mares go there, um, players like Concello. And we've seen players go there who who are good players. Um, They have like a little dip, but then they just like turn into player, like Pep needs him to be, to be. And then like, like look at Mares, like he's like, how clutch is he for city? Like so many times he just really threatening on the wing. Uh, can turn into just revamped what an outside back does really for for the game? Um, so it's just interesting how <laughs> Papa cause in the background, <laughs> hey, it's all blurred out. There he is, <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, how how interesting is it that you know he Grealish has like a little dip in form and then he comes in and like he starts playing better and like it's it's interesting to see like the kind of player he's going to develop into Mm -hmm. as he uh, you know if he keeps going in this direction because you know Joe said it before where um, you have players coming in and Pep just kind of like whether he like sees something in them at their old club um, and then just develops them into like the player that he needs and then they just turn into a really good player so It'll be interesting if that kind of happens for Jack Grealish because who knows, like next season, he could just be their guy where it's like, why is Jack Grealish getting like 30 assists a season? Like no one ever does that. So it would be interesting to see if that kind of develops uh, over the next little bit.
0: Yeah, and just for uh, any any no, numbers and like stats nerds out there, football reference, like soccerreference.com, is, it's fbref.com is a fun site to go to just to look at numbers and stats and everything. Mm-hmm. It's got every analytical breakdown from like everything that you can think of. And I just looked at some stats now for Grealish. He has 78 um, progressive carries, progressive carries, which means like just taking the ball um, at least to the, the player, to the opposing team's goal line, like just, you know, making that run to the goal line to be able to, be able to cut back. He has 78 of those. The next highest person is you still about 71 and he's obviously gone now. Yeah. Um, Carries in the final third. He's third on the team. Carries into the penalty area. He's first on the team with 32 carries in the penalty area. Um, another one is take-ons. He has 53 take-ons, which is like trying to take a player on one-on-one. He's got 53 of those. And he only has it in like minimal playing time as well. Yeah. Like he's not, you know, playing like 90 minutes a game. He's not starting every single game either. So for him to be in the top four, top three you know there's other categories here on here i'm not looking at but there's other categories that he ranks in the top five for man city and he's not even getting the most playing time in, in his position yeah so what he's good at doing like i said he's very good at doing and that's mm-hmm. what he's getting paid for and that's what man city and pep expects of him and again i'm sure over time it'll grow on him a little bit maybe he will get a little bit more clinical and more involved in the play but he's just there to like i said be a chance creator to take players on to draw fouls. And he's again, probably like the one of the most fouled players in the Premier League. I know we've seen that stat. Yeah. Last time at Villa, when he was once playing 90 minutes, he was the most fouled player in the league.
1: Yeah. Yeah. he and, He's, he's good at drawing like defenders in like that. Um, You know, some people will say that, you know, he, he dives in flop slot, like, which, you know, can't argue like maybe, maybe he does. Yeah. Um, But, you know, if, if you're contributing to the team, you know, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of diving or 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 any of that sense, but his his ability to like carry the ball, take people on and like get into the box is, you know, really really good. Um so I would like to see him maybe dive less if he is diving. Uh but still, it's it's interesting to see how Pep is kind of developing him into the player that Man City need and not like the player that everyone kind of expected him to be.
0: And that's good enough. Like honestly, like yeah. you can't you can't have like yeah, it looks good in the score sheet, but you can't have everyone score. You can't have eleven goals. Oh, well, let's say ten. You can't have ten yeah. goals a game scored by every single player on the pitch. It's just not how it goes. Yeah, you can't have someone like
1: Holland getting hat tricks like every other game, and then like oh. also expecting Grealish <laughs> to like
0: score. <laughs> you could actually. <laughs> that's actually very plausible. Yeah. Um. No, and. Yeah, it's just it's just the way it is. Like it's and it I was going to say if they were performing in a way like I know I just said the last 5 games they seem a little bit strange since the World Cup break, but if they were having really bad runs of form and they're playing poorly and like they were losing matches then it's more of a red flag than just them not winning convincingly, which is what I mm-hmm. just kind of said. So again, I don't want to like downplay them playing as a team because they're playing well still. Like I said, 3 wins out of the last 5. Their only losses to were like the loss to uh, tottenham that just came out and the loss to manchester united which was controversial at best so those are the last five games uh where their two losses came from yeah so like i said if they were you know yeah like you know losing games four one and it was very uncharacteristic uncharacteristic by them then you can like maybe look at more player you know um like players as, as like the cause of why it is but Eh. it's just a little funk maybe and they'll get out mm-hmm. of it and i'm sure you know pep is obviously going to try and do what he can to to make the team better and again it's as long as this stuff just kind of blows over and nothing yeah. huge comes out of it um it, there's no doubt in my mind that they won't you know come back and and be better yeah going forward yep. um let's just get it over with chelsea and fulham uh this was like this was super exciting this is the most excited i've been um, in a long time for this team because they finally had all their guys, you know, all their ducks in a row, and they had all their players signed and in the starting lineup. Jao Felix, uh, I think this is his last game; he's gonna miss um for his suspension. Picked up a few games ago, actually against yes. Fulham. So when he comes back, we'll really get to see the picture that Graham Potter wants to paint with these players. Mm-hmm. But we got to see Enzo Fernandez for the first time. He played good. If you want to see that again, I talked about it real quick. Uh, live reaction after the game. That was on our shorts on our YouTube page. Check that out at Footy Fans. And he did, he did just again kind of like Jack Grealish. He did just enough to like what he of what he had to do to like impress me. Like, yeah, I didn't expect him to go out his first game and like snipe one from forty yards out. Like, would that be sweet? Yeah, would that be like the best introduction to a player of all time? Probably. Yeah, but he kind of slid into like that center defensive midfield role where either Kovacic or Jorginho could have played, and. I think him and Jorginho are similar to an extent, but also like a little bit different where like Fernandez is younger. Uh, He probably has a little bit more strength than he has, than Jorginho has. He'll go into challenges a little bit harder. And I think he's just quicker on the ball too, like with his decision-making. Because there's a lot of times when he would receive the pass from either the left back or from the goalkeeper, from Kepa. And Jorginho would kind of take it, look up the pitch, and like maybe take a couple touches here and there, and then pass the ball off. Where with Fernandez, it was just like, receive the ball, look up real quick and like just dish it out. Yeah. Like he didn't really carry that much. And Georgino never carried the ball like far, like far lengths of the field, but he would take it up a little bit, like slowly then dish it off. Yeah. And it was like, receive, play it off right away. Receive, switch the ball, like kind of distribute like this. And I think that's really going to help Chelsea going forward because they are such a quick pace based team. And if they can just execute those breakouts, like a little bit faster, a fraction quicker then it's just going to be better for the team, like transitioning up forward. Because let's be let's be real, this team's biggest issue is scoring goals. Yeah, and you know they're not the team of before with Mourinho and Conte where they would possess the ball, get around the eighteen, like dink the ball around a couple of times, kind of like what Man City does, but do it really, really well and score goals. They're not that team anymore. Yeah, like that's just not how they're they're designed. So I think their style of play now might be quicker with, you know, a counterattack, get Reese James up and forward. He was back playing this game. Ben Chilwell came in this game too, made an appearance, which is good. Good to see. But if they can use Fernandez as like a distributor from the back and get those balls out wide quick, and then just begin a quicker counterattack and get, you know, Zhao Felix involved when he gets there. Mason Mount involved, you know, get Havertz up there into the 18-yard box for a cross. Then I can see this team being really dynamic. But until that happens, until they have a game where all these things connect and they can beat a team five nil, it's gonna be really hard to like just keep that in the back of my mind, like, oh, they're getting there. This is what they're trying to do. They're gonna get yeah. there eventually. I just wanna see like one game where it's like the stars aligned and like everything worked perfectly. Yeah. And these are things to expect going forward because it is so hard to tell a fan to just like be patient all the time and not see results. Yeah. But like, I don't want to see a, a you know a 3-1 win against Wolves where it's like kind of sketchy. I want to see them beat Wolves 4-0, like convincingly. Yeah. You know what like I mean? Be comfortable, right? Yeah. And I just, yeah. I, I haven't had one comfortable win this entire season. Every win that I've seen Chelsea have this year, which have not been many, have been like the grimiest of like gut-wrenching wins sometimes. I'm just like, can I just be comfortable? Can we just yeah. score three in the first like 25 minutes and like just sit back and relax a little? Can we just try and do that for one time? But it remains to be seen. But this new core coming in here again, once they're fully healthy, and Conte still trying to come back from injury as well. So when everyone's back and they can finally put whatever system Potter's trying to work, which I still don't know what it is, whenever they can just get that going for the first time officially, and I see like a general positive like result going forward, then I can yeah. relax and be comfortable. But until then I'll still be on pins and needles saying, like, is this team worth the money that was just spent? yeah like i know coming next year it's gonna that's when it's really gonna all hit together but that money's spent now and it's still half the season left We've still got t- almost 20 games to play yeah or less than 20 games now but we still have a lot of games to play so we still have time to build forward we still have time to see progression yeah but like i don't want to see it week 36 of the season yeah like let's let's try and get there look like a little before that
1: yeah and yeah i mean it's it's tough you know they they are obviously in like a a pretty big rebuilding phase um so it's it's you kind of you kind of hit it on the head there where it's it's tough to always say like oh you just got to be patient in a way because it's been like a lot of that um we thought um maybe last year there was gonna be a chance where you know they were super solid uh gonna compete for the title but they they just fell off a little bit oh they fell off a lot um yeah, they did. Uh, so yeah you know again it's it's one of those things where they try something they get to a place and then they kind of rebuild because it, it wasn't working so you hope that there's a foundation that's at least being built with each one of these where you get to a point where it's like yeah like we're solid so um you hope it's one of those things maybe it's like two steps forward one step back two steps forward one step back you hope you're just at least making some little progress yeah uh, and then hopefully you get to a place where you're just you know consistently competing for titles
0: and you said it right with Pep. He gets players that fit his system and then he can also mold yes. to exactly what he wants. And who knows? Like the players like Mudrik that they signed, Jao Felix that they signed, um Maduke, another guy from France that they signed in there. Um, you know, Fofana being a striker, Badia Schill on defense. Like they got so many new names that like sound good on paper to get, because obviously, like one, their value that Chelsea spent on them which a value obviously does not always translate to performance. Yeah. Because like everyone now, everyone's wage and market value is like inflated. Yeah. So like you're spending 40 million on a defender that no one heard about. That's just the going rate for a defender nowadays, it seems like. But hopefully once these players get here and they do spend time with with Potter and his coaching staff, he can kind of do what Pep wants. Well, he can kind of do what Pep does with his players and like mold them to what he actually needs from them. Yeah. Not just like say, go play defense and like, that's all you got to do. Play defense the way the Grand Potter wants to play defense. Yeah. And I don't, I, I still, again, I, I don't know what that is. Like, I can't put Potter and like Peb in the same conversation because they're one's got titles and accolades and the yeah. other Grand Potter. So, like, I don't know, like, if all my, all my eggs in one basket with Grand Potter and like what he can do, but you know. People were saying his job could possibly be on the line if he doesn't secure Champions League with this new influx of money and players. Tough. I don't know if that's the case. He's, yeah. you know, how do you get there? You know, after six matches, mm-hmm. and yes, you had a you had a huge spending spree in the January transfer window, but like we know from like our own playing days, like it takes a long time to build chemistry.
1: Yeah, exactly. like
0: it it could take an entire year. It can take an entire off season. It can take you know a couple of weeks if if it goes perfect. But like you can't just like have a let a manager have that short of a leash. Yeah. And it looks bad on the club too, if you allow him to spend all this money and then let him go. Yeah. Like that like, just looks I, terrible. Cause then like whoever's who what's the end of the next guy you bring in wants these players. Yeah. And then what, you're gonna have him sell them off for like half the profit and then you're just gonna lose three hundred million? Like, no, you won't do that.
1: Yeah. And and yeah, I think that's what makes it tough where um you you have to give like some leeway to the manager right you can't you can't like bring in all these players and be like oh yeah like now you have to perform like you have to give them time um especially when you make all these changes otherwise you you have like unrealistic expectations so um hopefully they he actually gets the time he needs to build a team the way he wants so we can actually see like if he's the right guy for the job
0: kind of hope so again yeah. like i know I'm the one that said that like fans are impatient and everything. And I think I am a patient fan. I just want to see again, like you said, some progress. I just want to see some little one step forward kind of stuff. I don't need them yeah. to take leaps and jumps forward. And I don't expect them to win out the rest of the season and put teams away like crazy. That's not going to happen. That yeah. wouldn't even happen to, you know, for the Arsenal or the man cities who are established really good clubs right now. Like I doubt either side is going to win out the rest of the year. They got to play each other twice. Yeah. For Pete's sake. So like, I understand that's not going to happen, but I do want to see like us go away to, you know, Leeds who just fired their manager and like win convincingly. Yeah. Or, you yeah. know, i like have, have just like palace. see that progress. Yeah. Have palace come to come to Stanford bridge and win three, no, you know, reestablish yeah. like Stanford bridge as like a fortress. So as what it used to be yeah. in the past, like, they had like almost full seasons or like almost two years in a row where they went unbeaten at Stanford bridge. Yeah. You know, like, 30 wins and like eight losses or whatever in a season yeah, or in two years, two years or something like that. So get back to those days, like just get back to being complacent and like just confident in yourself and give me confidence in them. Because yeah. I give heart attacks when I watch this team play.
1: Yeah. Cause you just like, don't know what's going to happen. Right. <laughs> they're
0: like, the, they're, they're such a 10th place team right now. It's not even funny. Yeah. They're just they're like, they in could, tenth. <laughs> like, they could just, they're, Oh, they're a plus one goal differential. They're in 10th. They have like the same amount of ties as they do. Well, the same amount of losses they do wins, I think. Like, yeah, this is very much a 10th place team. Yeah, eight, they're eight, eight, six, eight, six, eight, and eight
1: six, and seven, 10th place. Nice one, place. ninth. Liverpool, oh, they seventh. are,
0: they are ninth. Yeah, Liverpool's we had
1: a good transition to Liverpool. <laughs> have we even talked with them this year? Liverpool,
0: yeah, have we, like, have they're they just like very
1: Anyone's radar, they you know, they just come off the three and they lost to the Wolves. Um. Joe showed me a tweet where, uh, um, oh, um, Klopp said how he doesn't count Wolves' third goal because it was the first time they crossed half. It was the only time they crossed half that half. So then uh, Wolves came out with a tweet with a picture that had three nothing, but they had the three, uh, like crossed out with two nothing Wolves. <laughs> um, so like you know, you yourself still... in
0: the foot with that one.
1: Yeah. So yeah, Liverpool obviously underperforming. Um don't really know what needs to happen there uh, with the club. Uh, wouldn't have thought that I don't think it just has to do with money. Obviously I think there's a lot of factors that go into it, but yeah, they just, you know, it's probably just a season. They got to take on the chin and move forward for the next season.
0: Yeah, there was, um, I'm going to post it now in, in the group, Whoops. in the chat here. Oh, I can't post the picture. Apparently there's a picture I found on, on Instagram. Um, as opposed by Transfer Market, which is like one of my favorite my favorite people to follow now is the Transfer Market official um mm-hmm. Instagram account. Um, I forget the guy's first name, but fice F A E S, the defender for um Leicester. Yeah, he has more Premier League goals for Liverpool since the World Cup than their actual players. Like he scored two own goals oh. against Liverpool for me Man- yeah. for Leicester City, and. The only guys that have scored for Liverpool since then are Van Dyke uh Bayatic, Cham- uh Oxy Chamberlain and Sala. So like he actually hmm. has like more goals like for Liverpool counting as goals than Liverpool actual players. And there are two own goals. Geez. Um, yeah. so they're having Sim- issues right now. Yeah, it's the reality <laughs> of their season right now. So hopefully they can turn it around. And like for as much flack that Chelsea's getting from everybody, it seems like, Liverpool's just like sneakily intense. Like no yeah. one's really saying much about them and you know, people I, I have seen some outlets and some, you know, uh, people on Twitter saying like, should Klopp be fired now? Should he be done? Should he resign and all that stuff because like, he overstayed his welcome, which I mean, that's always going to come up when a manager has been there for the period of time that Klopp's been there now. But this is really their first season like seeking or first season seeing adversity like since he's been there, maybe since like his yeah. first year there. I don't think he did so hot his first year there, as we've seen before with Pep going to Man City his first year too. He didn't he didn't, yeah, did, he did didn't do very well. Yeah. So it's kind of it's a learning curve, right? Even mm-hmm. for managers in adopting to the English game. But then we clearly saw that Pep and Klopp can turn that around in just a few years. Yeah. So I feel like for Liverpool, you have to give the manager again a little bit of benefit of the doubt. He obviously has a lot longer leash than a person that Graham Potter would have, just because he has been there for so long and he has pedigree and he has accolades for the club. Yeah, but the, all that being said, it's like if you're losing the locker room, that's an issue. Yeah, like, yeah. again, I don't know what's happening internally at Liverpool, but yeah. if you're losing the locker room and, and, and like the guys aren't, don't aren't as passionate to play for you or whatever the case is, um, your tax tactics are getting kind of stale, and you know the performances from the players aren't, you know, they're getting subpar performances and everything. Then that does fall on Andrew a lot. I just keep thinking back it's this is, all comes back to Sadio Mane honestly man. Yeah. I know like that's been that's been like my cop out basically every time Liverpool gets brought up on the podcast I say the the loss of Sadio Mane is really hurting this team. And I just can't say it anymore. I think it's just super true. Mm-hmm. Like they try and replace it with with Diaz and with like Darwin Nunez and like those just aren't up to up to yeah. par. And yeah. They're not on his, they're not even on his level.
1: Yeah. And yeah, it goes to show like, you know, a well-oiled machine, like every part has a part to play. Um, So, you know, you, you take money, I'll give them a the buyer and it's just like, they have to figure out how to fix that again.
0: Yeah. And that's, again, that goes on the manager, it goes on the staff, it goes on everybody. And it's, it's the same with any, you know, in any sport, you kind of, as the head coach, you're more than just the head coach or the manager, like you're in charge of like an entire core of people behind you. Yeah. So it's like. If Klopp was to get removed or whatever, then like you're going from the top down of all the Klopp's like people, like they're out. Yeah, and, like, you got to basically start from scratch and like bring in a whole new team. Which, I mean, I don't think yeah. it's going to happen at this point in the season. Like, I don't think you would let, you know, let Klopp go. Like, you, like being a club like Liverpool, yeah, they're tenth place, but they're only a few short wins away from being kind of up back in that fight again. Yeah, and I'm I honestly can say that I'm more confident in Liverpool. I wouldn't say. If you could, if I had to pick between Liverpool and Chelsea to make Champions League, I guess I'd pick Liverpool. Maybe not Champions League, but make Europe or something. Yeah, like I think, yeah. that I think, I think at the end of the season, Liverpool will finish higher than Chelsea. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, by by season's end, um, whether whether that be seventh and sixth, fifth and sixth, I don't know. Yeah, but I just think that the experience that you know Klopp has a, has as a manager, the youth on Chelsea is like another thing too. The, like Chelsea's a young team now. Yeah. Like take Chagas Silva, I guess, and like and uh, Kovacic aside, maybe Angola Conte too. Yeah, everyone else there is like sub twenty five years old. Like they're getting on that yeah. Arsenal scale of like young, young talent that has to be molded. Yeah, but Liverpool being who they are, they yes, they have aging players like Salah's getting like old in footy standards, same with yeah. like Van Dijk and those guys. Yeah, but they're they're just like experience and they're leadership roles like just kind of trump that you know what i mean like yeah i and and obviously club and and like being there too and like just knowing how to win i think we've said before in previous episodes like just knowing how to win games and like how to win titles is like an intangible that you just can't teach unless you actually do it yourself yeah so i think liverpool has it in them to come back claw back get some dirty wins and maybe finish higher up than what they are now I don't know about Chelsea. Like, I don't know at yeah. all. Like that's gonna be that's a whole experiment, to be honest.
1: Yeah. yeah, I'll definitely have to wait and see on that one.
0: Um, Manchester United beat Crystal Palace two one on Saturday. Yep. And yep, they had a match today against Leeds. I said, is that what it was?
1: Yep. Leeds drew two two.
0: Yeah. Leeds, uh, uh firing their manager, firing um Jesse Marsh, the yes. American. Um, tough, tough for Leeds. Yep. Um, definitely tough. He does. was only. He was only there for a couple of years, eh? Because they had Bielsa there. Yeah. I believe. And then, uh, March came in and replaced him. Yeah. I don't know who's there now. Who's there now? Did they bring somebody in? Like, somebody big? I don't know. Hmm. It might just be like one of those caretaker kind of things yeah. now. Yeah. Until they find somebody. So, maybe it's just another coaching staff member. Um... i don't know i mean they're definitely hunting right now they're trying to get some people but mm-hmm. nobody have like huge huge names um are gonna go to leads let's just let's just be honest let's, let's see what it is a big signing would be like, imagine they just come in and get like steven Gerrard or something or get lampard to come yeah in yeah i mean those, those guys are unemployed right now too
1: yeah which i i don't put it like totally passive
0: oh uh, no they could again it's like yeah. it's just it's such a hard spot to be in because it's like you need to like come in and just perform like right away like you just yeah like you just can't lose basically um yeah they draw uh draw 2-2 against Manchester United today uh Yanto the young Italian scored in the first minute for Leeds yep and then an own goal by Rafael Varane saw Leeds up 2-0 at one point point. and then Rasher just seems to be the most in-form striker right now yep. in the Premier League he just can't stop scoring and then shout out you know surprise story of the year jane sancho finally getting some playing mm-hmm. time and getting <laughs> a tying goal in the 70th minute where's this guy yeah at? yeah
1: um no it's it's one of those games you know i think men men you have to be like realistic you know you're not going to go in and you're not going to win every game necessarily right. um you know or at least you know you're going to find yourself behind in games uh, i should say that um for them to come back and get the draw um i think is really big um you know i think they'll take a lot of positives from it obviously you you always want the win but um it does show a lot of character when you go down two nil and then you come back and get a get a result i think it really helps it gives your team belief going forward so um i think they i think they'll see this as like a, a decent result um you know they're sitting sitting in third right now two points behind city city still have a game to play um Newcastle's right behind them with 40. Uh, They still have to play. So it's getting pretty tight there at the top, um, especially between second and fourth with, you know, city dropping points. Um, But, you know, if Man U can overtake city, like that'll be huge. I don't think they've been above city in any like significant capacity for a very long time.
0: Yeah, it's been a while. I mean, for as long as we knew, Manchester is always red, you know, that's, yeah. that's just the way it was. And until going back to begin the conversation here until, you know, the new Etihad group came into Manchester city, it was, it was man news city to lose basically. Right. And they just had to keep doing what they've been yeah. doing for the past 30, 40, 50 years, whatever it was. Um, but obviously with just mismanagement, missigning signing up players, um, coaching carousel at Manchester United since, you know, Sherlock Ferguson left, It kind of had a black eye a little bit on the United Mm -hmm. team. And I feel like they finally, finally have an established manager. Yeah. And we had, they have a manager who is not going to take any crap from anybody, which Mourinho was the same kind of person, but he was that like times infinity Mm -hmm. because he was not, he won't take any crap from anybody, but he also like thought he was like the biggest person in the room. Yeah, but you can't have that as a manager. Yes, ego is like one thing a manager must always kind of have because you have to be like, you have to show yourself as a, as like a as a presence, right? You have to be, mm. you know, you have to show and establish that you're the man in charge. marino did that in like <sighs> the most offensive way he possibly could wherever he went. It doesn't matter, yeah. Whether he did it in Portugal, in Italy, in Spain, England, it didn't. Everywhere he was, he was like the loudest man in the room, and. I feel like Ten Hag is kind of like a silent leader like that. Like he can kind of be, you know, he can be quiet and humble at times, but if he has to show passion and be fiery, he'll do it. Yeah. And I, I don't know what, obviously what happened in, um, in like the boardroom or wherever it was, like when he made his pitch to be manager for Manchester United. But if I was him and what I think he might've done was say like, I need to control this team. Mm -hmm. like I it can't be anybody else telling me what to do it can't be anybody from you know management or from ownership saying like get this player do this with this player like have anybody over his shoulder I feel like he had to go in that room and say like if you want me to be here and clean this mess that's happened the last five six seasons I need to do it my way yeah and I find I think they finally said okay you go ahead you do it here's your money here's your budget like you your, you know take whatever you have to do and just go ahead and do it and I feel like this rebuild rebuild for Manchester United has happened a lot quicker than a lot of people thought.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. It's like, like surprisingly. Yeah, it's like it's like really kicked into gear here. You know, sitting sitting third, um, that's it's really really good to see. I mean, I think it's like we said, it's always nice to see the top teams like actually performing. Um, mm-hmm. so if we get Chelsea and Liverpool performing, and we'll have we'll have like this whatever it is, seven teams like. Yeah competitiveness with newcastle being there tottenham like it's it'll make the league more exciting
0: but i just want it to be i don't want it to like have those teams like tie each other all the time though you know what i mean i don't want it to be like so tight at yeah. the top where it's like tie 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 win tie tie because like look at it, if you have like a seven team a seven yeah seven teams in the premier league that are like elite there's 13 other teams that they have to play but it's like they're going to play each other a lot. Like me, like Arsenal versus mm. Newcastle would be like a huge game now where like two years ago, yeah. that game was a pile of shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's just, it's so like every, which good, it's good for the fan base, I guess. Cause every two, three weeks we're going to see, you know, a top seven matchup, I guess. Um, yeah. Just the way that the table is going to work out, but like, then they're just going to beat each other up. And then the, yeah, it's going to be an unpredictable, you know, finish, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, which I, I guess, I guess I'm not opposed of
1: yeah no I think uh I think we'll have to see uh how how things progress um but you know very very good for Manu to have this rebuilt go so quick
0: yeah it's been it's been wild to be honest yeah. like it's and i again I think it just comes down to like the look look at what Hag has done since he's been there he established that he doesn't need Ronaldo on the team and Ronaldo doesn't have to, doesn't want to be there either, so that kind of worked yeah. out for both both sides um the Sancho signing was clearly Pursued by ownership, it seemed like, yeah, to bring in just a big name. Same with the Ronaldo stuff. And those two players have been on like an island for like, this entire year. Ronaldo yeah. obviously leaving in January, and Sancho was on like sabbatical or something, or he was like, he I think he was literally sent away to go somewhere for like a month, yeah. And they just, I forget where it was, I read it somewhere. He went to, he went. He went, I think he went to Portugal to like Spain or something. Just like literally go on like vacation for like a month and like, oh. just like find himself. Yeah. It was kind of, it was kind of deep. I, I got to find the, the article. I mean, we'll post it on, on social somewhere if I find it, but he just like, kind of like 10 said, Hey, you need to go like, just rediscover yourself kind of thing. I don't know what he did. Yeah. on this like little, little, like I said, sabbatical that he took, but he came back. I think he came on as a substitute a couple of games ago. Um, it might have been in the FA Cup match against, or not FA Cup, the um the League Cup match against Nottingham Forest. Yeah. I think he might have come on as a substitute there or something. But then for him to come into this game, um, did he get the start of the game? I don't even know, actually. Check um, the lineup real quick. Oh, come on, Internet. He came on as a substitute in this match. Yeah. So if family comes, come on as a sub at whatever point of the game you came in at and get the uh, tying goal in 70th minute. I mean, I didn't see the highest or anything of this, but like he probably celebrated, like he just scored the game winning goal for England. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got, I, I, if probably, I was him, I would do the same thing. Yeah. Um, So that's good to see. I mean, you know, obviously yeah. you don't want to, uh, you know, whatever it is, mental health or fatigue or something, whatever it is like, yeah, obviously we don't want to see that. And it is, it is a prevalent thing in life and for him to kind of sort his shit out and get back there at a positive high playing level that's that's huge for him yeah and for no. the club too because he's a good player he's, he's yeah. a very good
1: player no it's like really good just, for him yeah
0: he just, when you come in for that price tag like and you expect to get performance like right away it's like okay chill like yeah no, know, take take a step back
1: yeah no it's really good to see so glad glad he can come in and start uh performing and like you know get
0: get uh some momentum yeah hopefully hope to keep the team carry forward because martial is kind of like Hit or miss at times, like I said, Rashford's like the most informed striker I think right now. Yep, in the Premier League. But then those other wing sides, like whether it be Garnacho now or somebody else, it's up for it's up for fighting. It's up to yeah. you know uh, Anthony's there too. Um, it's, it, there's definitely like a lot of team competition for those positions. Mm-hmm. So say if Sancho wants to get involved and get in there and like show what he's worth. This is what a like what a good way to do it by getting, you know, the tying goal and uh and a game that seemed gone for a United standpoint, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. Um, look at the bottom of the table. Like we said, Everton, huge win against Arsenal. Yeah. Uh, keeps them in 18th place, but only, you know, one point out of relegation. Now, if they get another win coming their way, they jump into 14th. So that's very, very tight, obviously down there, the bottom of the table. Um, Bournemouth still in 19th and Southampton still in 20th. I honestly forgot Southampton was even the league still. Yeah. Um, definitely 14, for them 14 losses only 17 goals for yeah uh, yeah I, I don't really see them um salvaging this season and it no. sucks too because even if they did come back a little bit it's like three teams still got to go down like yeah they could have it's a true. bit of a resurgence but like if if they if you already shoot yourself in the foot this point the season like it's really hard to climb out of that right
1: yeah no i totally agree so hopefully they can you know find some saving grace in this cuz you know like you said someone's got to get relegated three people got to get relegated so yeah uh it's got to be a battle
0: and like obviously if they they don't like they shouldn't go down without a fight kind of thing too right yeah. if like they have they've played um 21 matches so they got what 17 games left in
1: yeah. the season
0: so like out of those 17 games like don't just fall over and die like yeah. still Agreed. still play hard right and try to get a couple more wins out of that even if you are going to go down still yeah do it for, them, for themselves and i'm sure no team's gonna do that yeah we talked about it actually last episode about relegation and like how other you know leagues in the world want to kind of pursue it yeah there's no benefit of getting last in england like in, no in hockey you get last you get the first overall pick in the next draft yeah. same with football and all kind of stuff you're last in england you're getting the fuck out <laughs> like yeah you're just gone exactly you're out here um so yeah, so let's take. Oh, talk. Want to talk Wrexham real quick?
1: Oh yeah, talk to Rexham.
0: Oh, did you watch the game?
1: Uh,
0: the FA Cup match.
1: The replay I, was yes. The replay was yesterday. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, oh, man. they lost. Yeah. Mm. Game uh, was at, the
0: game was at Sheffield United. Um, Sheffield took a one nothing lead in like the 60th minute or so. Yeah. And then Paul Mullen comes back. Ties the game on a PK. And then in like the 80th minute or something, they got another PK and he missed the goal. He saved it. Oh, so they're tied one one. And look, like it was going to extra time. 91st minute Sheffield United score a goal. And then like 96, they score like a. Yeah. Like another one to just kind of seal the deal. So they end up winning three one. Oh, it was a game, though, man. I turned yeah, off in half. I was working. Uh, I missed the first half, turned it on. It was still nil no, nil no actually when I turned it on. So I think it was just after halftime. Yeah. And then within a couple minutes, Sheffield scored. And I was like, okay, here we go. Like, this game just needed a goal, right? Yeah. And then from that point on, it was just like the most FA Cup match you've ever seen in your entire life. There was like no defense. It was like counterattack after counterattack. It was really exciting. Yeah. Um, Like, you know how, like, mostly if, it, if it's like a really, really tight game and it's like 1 1, both teams are very like, Complacent and they don't really try and go very hard. Yeah. This game was 1 1 and it was like, two, two. it was like a ping yeah, pong. Yeah. Like your head's going like this, like like you're watching ping pong or you're at, like you're at yeah. Wimbledon or something. Um, it was, it was crazy. It was a good game to watch and obviously right it didn't go Rexham's way. Um, so their FA Cup Cinderella story run comes to an end in the fourth round, fifth round. Right here. Right here. I wish yeah. we Not sure what round. Let's see. Ciao, mama. So, let's Fourth round. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man, it, it, do you know what would have? So they already did the draw too for the fifth can round. It would have been Tottenham. Can you imagine? I think, I is that home and away at that point too? I don't know. But at some point, that it would go, have
1: been so cool. Can you imagine?
0: Yeah. At some point, it goes. it it changes from. Um. Single like relegation, not relegation, yeah. Single single elimination. So like right now, it's, right now it's single game elimination unless you draw, yeah. And then you play the return leg away. At some point, it switches to home and away. Oh, okay. And they actually have like aggregate involved. I think. Yeah, but I don't know if the next match would have been yeah at Tottenham or at home. I don't know. Yeah. But imagine like imagine welcoming welcoming Harry Kane to the to the racecourse. Yeah,
1: That'd be so cool. <laughs> Like, oh.
0: Harry Kane's playing for like 9,000 people. He hasn't done this since he was like 12. Yeah. That'd been sweet. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, <laughs> but I mean, the the big, like, obviously, again, like, that's huge. And uh, I think they will get some sort of money for making this stage of the of the tournament. But in Wrexham's eyes, they're big pro- money on the prize thing, except for promotion. Yeah,
1: for like, sure. That's like the main goal for them, right?
0: Yeah. Like, a, a, an FA Cup quarterfinal matchup would be like legendary it'd be huge yeah but if they if they go ahead and like hurt those chances of promotion by getting so far in the fa cup and like putting all their eggs in that basket
1: yeah it might not like be best. it's
0: not worth it right yeah that's true and at one point it was actually it was still one one it might have been like the 85th minute or something paul mullen actually got hurt or he he picked up an injury and he was trying to like convince the uh the manager there to stay on the pitch and like he's like he kept saying like i'm good i'm good i'm good and the manager's like no like you're coming off and yeah. i'm like it's 85th minute and taking off paul mullen yeah i game at game's one one and i think uh phil parkinson that's the manager i think his mind was like set on like we need you for the yeah season, you need man. you need
1: to for the league, right yeah like, like there's no sense
0: in you going balls out for the last 10 15 20 minutes possibly and like costing you playing the next 15 games of the season for some reason yeah for so sure. I think his eye on the prize was like a lot bigger, um you know, looking for the season instead of the, yeah. the cup match, which again that's the signs of a good manager, right, kind of yeah um prioritizing your your assets and everything, yeah, yeah, again, I totally like, agree Mullen's just like i got I gotta play this game like, like we're gonna win like I gotta yeah. play like, what, do you, what do you mean yeah like, he was he was obviously pissed, and they ended up losing, so it's kind of like
1: <laughs> like, yeah, we need him for the season, we lost this game anyway,
0: doesn't look very good, yeah. Um. All right, your weekend schedule for the Premier League looks like Chelsea West Ham. Their early game on Saturday, uh, early game Saturday morning, seven thirty. Again, another tie. Where we'll see Chelsea try and put their best foot forward, best team forward, um, to be at London Stadium, um, West Ham being the home team. So we'll see what Grand Potter can do there and see if he gets a, a strong starting lineup. Um, Leicester and Tottenham also on Saturday. Fulham, Nottingham Forest, Arsenal, Brentford, Crystal Palace, and Brighton, Southampton, Wolves, Bournemouth, Newcastle, and on Sunday, a rematch of this game, I guess uh, Leeds and Man U on Sunday morning, Man City, <laughs> Aston Villa, and the Merseyside derby. Merseyside derby, Liverpool and Everton again. Like imagine Everton can just go back to back, like beat Arsenal, beat Liverpool. Get huge. a get a streak going again. Sean Dyche, that crazy bastard with that, you know, that raspy voice that he has, probably got the yeah. boys going. <laughs> um, game's gonna be at Anfield, I believe. Though uh, yeah, it's at Anfield, so that's gonna yeah, be tough. Yeah. But if Indeed. there's ever a, if there's ever a season that Everton can do it, maybe it's this one. Liverpool having that downside, you know, then getting the new manager, get that little spike up there. Yeah. I don't know.
1: I don't I'd know. See. Yeah. to see. Yeah. yeah. So should be interesting uh, should be an interesting week of
0: results and then so that was that's Sunday and then coming on Wednesday is a Man City Arsenal Man City Arsenal that's the replay I believe at Emirates yep and that's the same week that Champions league comes on too yes so yeah it's kind of interesting I think Chelsea plays that day against Dortmund and City and Arsenal play in the league okay so like take your pick on that afternoon what you want to watch yeah that's got to be a double TV for me on that one yeah nah. for sure yeah that'll be good um all right that's all that's it all right I want to thank everyone for listening everyone for watching this will be up on YouTube uh, get us on Instagram Twitter Apple Podcasts, Spotify all that jazz we will be back next week hopefully with Joe hopefully um, maybe in person this time and we will chat next week after all the week's action See everyone. ciao